Six o'clock, this is the SAFA Market Update with Manny Webb, Hilton Tarrant with you on this Monday evening. Tonight we heard about Midcaps ruling the JSE from Peter Armitage last week, but what themes are driving his investment decisions at present and can we expect anything more than single-digit growth on our local market this year? He joins us at a quarter past six this evening. A lot of fuss has been made about the JSE's new real estate investment trust structure. What changes on the 1st of May when this kicks in? We hear from Estian de Klerk, who's chairperson of the South African REIT Committee. Price growth is moderating. Absa's Jacques Detoy gives us the details. And David Shapiro of Sassman is with us to make sense of the markets on a day where the JSE ticked up about a quarter of 1%. That and more to come. First, the news. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. A bail decision in the rugby beating death case and the ANC responds to the death of Margaret Thatcher. Good evening, I'm Greg Hose with the news at 6pm on SAFM. Four men charged with beating a rugby fan to death have been granted bail of 5,000 rand each by the Durban Magistrates Court. They were also banned from Kings Park Stadium until the completion of their trial. The men are accused of beating UK citizen Brett Williams to death in a Super 15 rugby match last month. A fifth accused was released on bail of 2,000 rand last week. NBA spokesperson Natasha Ramkasun. The prosecutor did oppose bail in court, but the magistrate did grant bail eventually, so we respect the findings of the magistrate and the court. The reason for the remand the matter is basically to finalize investigations, and hopefully when we come back to court on the 7th of June, investigations will be finalized. Up until then, all five accused are out on bail. The devastating hailstorm has caused damage worth millions of rands to the apple harvest in the Eastern Cape's fruit-producing Langkloof. A 30 to 40 kilometer long stretch in the region was affected by the storm. A third or more of the harvest was lost on some farms. The badly damaged fruit cannot be exported or even used in the domestic market. Marius von der Westhazen is from the Langkloof Agricultural Association. Areas affected was especially the farmers in the Harlem and Miskind areas. I would say the damage was at least 80 to 95,000 tons of apples that was affected through this hailstorm, which is obviously a big blow to farmers in the Langkloof area. The health minister, Aaron Mutswaledi, says government is saving over 2 billion rand with the launch of the new one-tablet ARV treatment. Three pharmaceutical companies received a tender to manufacture the fixed-dose combination drug. The minister was speaking in Kharankua, north of Pretoria, at the official launch of the ARV pill. The most important benefits are the cost. We have now entered an era in South Africa where we are going to treat each patient for 89 rand per month. That's quite significant. The original tender was supposed to be 8.1 billion. It came down to 5.9 billion rand, cutting off a massive 2.2 billion. Mourners have started laying flowers outside former Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher's house in London while flags are flying at half-mast. She died of a stroke this afternoon at the age of 87 and will receive a ceremonial funeral. Political leaders from around the world have been paying tribute to her. U.S. President Barack Obama says America's lost a true friend who helped win the Cold War. The BBC's Nick Robinson reflects on her political legacy. What is clear from all the reaction you're getting is You simply can't and couldn't be indifferent about Margaret Thatcher. We are hearing reactions across the political spectrum from people who believe that she shaped not just the country and British politics, but also them, that so much of politics that followed was influenced by what Margaret Thatcher did. In its reaction to Thatcher's death, the ANC says it bears no grudge against her. 
ANC spokesperson Keith Koza. Her passing signals the end of a generation of leaders that ruled during a very difficult period characterized by the dynamics of the Cold War. It does not help to bear grudges. It does not solve anything. And you would remember that even people, not only who supported apartheid, who were responsible for apartheid, at some point, we co-governed with them, united with them when they joined the ANC. So we do not bear grudges, but history can be erased. Former State President F.W. de Klerk says Thatcher will be remembered as a leader whose policies had a significant impact on politics throughout the world. He says as a result of her position against sanctions, she was able to influence apartheid leaders to work towards a peaceful future for South Africa. She understood the complexities of South Africa, I think, better than many of her contemporaries when she was in office. She consistently and correctly believed that much more could be achieved through constructive engagement with the South African government than through sanctions and isolation. And in that sense of the word, she had greater influence and more regard was given to her advice maybe than to any other international leader of the time. Top story, four men charged with beating a rugby fan to death have been granted bail of 5,000 rand each by the Durban Magistrates Court. The next news bulletin is at 7pm. For SAFM, I'm Greg Hoes. AFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Thanks, Greg. Almost six minutes after six o'clock, Hilton Tarrant back with you on the Market Update this Monday evening. First up, as always, Google Letter and Fupi has your business news. Thanks, Hilton. Good evening. Well, over the last three years, the retail, wholesale and restaurant trade sectors have been in decline with negative 3% recorded in growth. The sector has the highest concentration of businesses, amounting to 45% with, uh, compared with any other sector in South Africa. Now, this is according to the third edition of the APSA SME Index, which was released today, which measures the number of small businesses across the different sectors and the employment numbers in those uh, different areas. Communications firm Telcom, which appointed Sipo Maseko as its new CEO just last month, said its four-year earnings have fallen by at least 20% in the last financial year. Now, the firm's share prices have fell by 13% today, adding to investors' concerns. And striking workers at South African miner Goldfields' operations in Ghana are likely to resume work tomorrow following the conclusion of the talks between their leaders and management to resolve their grievances. Taking a look at the markets now, the JSEO share index is closed up in positive territory, up by just a quarter of 1% at 38,582 points. The rands at 9 rand 2 cents against the US dollar, 13.73 to the pound and 11.73 against the euro. Gold trading at $1,568 an ounce, a barrel of Brent crude oil at $104 and the platinum price at $1,529 an ounce. Thanks a lot, Google. Seven minutes after six o'clock. A reminder of our SMS line, 34701 with the keyword market. That's 34701 with the keyword market. We'll get to one or two of your messages before half past six this evening. David Shapiro of Sasfin alongside me. David, market up uh, 0.22%. Uh, not, not great. No. But we'll take it. It would, have been, it would have been a lot better if not for resources again. Mm-hmm. You know, resources are provided uh, the biggest drag on the market in the first quarter. And we continue to see shares slump, Anglo's under pressure. In fact, today it was the iron ore companies. There's still a concern. The iron ore price at the moment is about $135 um, a ton, and there's a worry 
that it could fall below 100. You know, analysts are starting to talk it down. Remember last August it was about 90. It kicked up to 160 on restocking by China, and now it's coming back again. So that's, um, that's causing a sell-off. Pumbaa was down at about 2.5%. As always, the biggest decliner, which dragged down uh, African rainbow minerals. So, um, Sassel as well. Oil prices come back to 103. The rand's improving with the, uh, with, with, you know, with the euro. So, that's taken a bit of the edge off Sassel. So, generally, it's, 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 it's been very difficult to get a turnaround or any kind of positive uh, momentum in the mining markets. But financials and industrials holding up a lot better, doing better, although economic news behind it, not that great. It's difficult to find a story um, that can push you in and you know, make you feel compelled to go and buy industrials at the moment. We'll get to some of the moves on our local market in just a bit. Overseas, uh, U.S. markets a little bit jittery mm. at the open. Earnings season kicks off tonight with Alcoa, and uh, expectations are that uh, we, we might see some disappointments, not necessarily tonight, but in, in the coming I th- weeks. I think it's overall, I think this year they're expecting corporate profits to go up 4 to 5%. That's not great, you know, compared with other years, but it's okay. Uh, it should be enough to keep the market just ticking over, particularly if you're looking against uh, very low interest rates. But the first quarter results are uh, expected to be down about one and a half to two percent from last quarter. You know, from the mm. <laughs> not from last quarter, from the first quarter of uh, 2012. So yeah, yeah, is, I, I don't know how to read it. Um, analysts keep changing their minds earlier on in the year they were more optimistic about the first quarter now they're turning more pessimistic so it's very difficult to read and you know they, we, we can't put too much attention on analysts because uh, if they got the jobs numbers so completely wrong you wonder all these chaps from Ivy Leaguers from all these highly paid jobs <laughs> just got it so badly wrong you know you wonder uh, uh, you know whether they really understand what's happening in fact I don't think anybody understands what's happening at the moment on our own market Market uh, news late this evening that uh, the ABSA Barclays Africa transaction has been approved by the mm-hmm. Minister of Finance on recommendation of the Reserve Bank after shareholder approval, which mm-hmm. has gone through. This is obviously the next big one. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, and it's done. Gonna, it's done. <laughs> now, now, now we have to see the profits flow through to ABSA. Share was up. Share was up almost 3% you know, today. Generally, generally, banks were better. Only Standard Bank, I think, one of the only banks that was uh, you know, easier. Overall, financial uh, industrials did pretty well right across the board. All the heavyweights were up. You know, all the majors were, 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 were you know, picked up a little bit. Uh, that might have been because they oversold and no one knows where to put their money at the moment. A couple of trading updates out today. Telcom, uh, it's guided full-year earnings at least 20% lower. <laughs> at least. Well, I, th- I thought that was quite a good result from, <laughs> from Telcom. I, t- I tell you what shocked me is that I looked at its market cap. And it's $7.5 billion. Mm. That's UH I, is five, David. Yeah. And I was looking at JD Group, which has probably been one of the worst uh, performers. I was trying to find which companies we can associate it, but JD is about $7.5 billion as well. So here's a company which has had such a dominant position in communication, has a market cap equivalent of a furniture and uh, in a financial lender. I'm quite excited to see what ArcelorMittal's market cap is these <laughs> what days. What is it? <laughs> look it up quickly. <laughs> That's about $3.5 billion. I don't know. I don't even know if it's, if it's anywhere around there. I don't know. David, I've uh, actually lost touch with that one. Combined Motor Holdings, CMH, mm, mm. Uh, full year profits between 45 and 55% mm. higher. Share liked uh, the news. That was up almost mm, 7% mm. today. It's coming from a very low base, but also 
showing uh, that side of the market's improving. It's not a huge company. It's been around since 87. It owns, if we look out your window to the left there, you've got Lindhurst Motors. It owns Lindhurst Motors, which is always pumping and doing well. The Taj Mahal of BMW is, David. Uh, OcelotMittal's market cap uh, just under 12.5 billion. That's as big as that. That's much bigger than I thought. <laughs> David, we saw news from Harmony Gold as uh, well today. Yeah. Uh, third quarter output mm. down 15%. Mm. Not surprising given the strike at Kasasaletu yeah. uh, that's only recently mm. been uh, resolved. Share yeah. down 3.5%. I, I could live with that, but to say that there was a slow start to the year. You know, people got up a little later, <laughs> didn't want to work hard. I mean, I can't believe that because last year must have been the same. So. So I, I, I'm not sure what that means. But 15%, it, it's a sizable number. You can't do that. You know, this is where we rely on the gold mines. They've got to start picking up the pace. We've got to see increased production because uh, costs are going up. Got to see improved productivity. Otherwise, we're just going to sink. You know, we're just going to continue to, to lose ground all the time. Well, the Absa House Price Index, which tracks movement across three categories of homes, seems to be showing signs of slowing growth in certain segments. Jacques Dutoy, property analyst at Absa Home Loans, joins us now. Jacques, in your research today, you seem to have uh, found an upper turning point, at least in the middle segment. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Two segments in the middle segment showed some uh, turnaround in, uh, in February, or actually reaching a peak in February and posting slightly lower growth in, in March this year. So that doesn't mean we're going backwards, it just means uh, that growth is slowing. Yes, that is correct. Although um, those two segments uh, have posted growth of uh, above 10% in, in recent times, um, so relatively strong growth taking into account the average conditions out there in the economy and also in terms of the, of the consumer. But uh, the turnaround was actually expected because late last or actually early last year, we've seen some uh, of these segments being in price deflation. So those base effects are definitely playing a role now um, in terms of uh, then first that sharp upward trend that we've seen during the second half of last year into early stages of 2013 and now turning around uh, to some extent. Jacques, given that the average middle-income family most likely owns a home in this uh, medium segment, what what size home is that? What what value, average value, is that house at? Yeah, well, um, we are looking at uh, three uh, segments within the in the middle segment. Now, if we look at an an average, say, weighted price of these three segments, small, medium, and large-sized houses, then uh, in that, that average for these three segments around about 1.1 million at the current stage. It's just over a million rand there. Yes. Jacques, uh, overall, the housing market, uh, are we likely to see uh, meaningful price growth this year at all? Well, although we've seen some uh, double-digit price growth in some of our segments that we analyze uh, in recent times, we believe that for the year so the middle segment will post single-digit growth. Um, the expectation is that the turnaround that we've now seen in some segments, that that will continue actually in all three segments towards the end of the year and that we will most probably experience single-digit growth uh, for the year. So. Now, a lot has been made of the indebtedness of, of South African consumers and the high uh, debt levels uh, yes. amongst consumers. In terms of the application for home loans that you're seeing, given that uh, you are tracking uh, the, the Absa House Price Index against uh, those mortgage uh, approvals, 
are, are the applications for home loans uh, improving the quality of those applications? Well, there has been some quality improvements, although we know that the consumer is still very much under pressure. If you look at uh, the number of credit active consumers having impaired credit records, that actually continued to deteriorate up until the fourth quarter of last year. So in the end, you know, um, the, the applications that we receive um, have remained relatively stable in terms of volumes, but uh, quality has improved in, in some instances. While um, if, you, if you look at the, the national credit regulator figures, it seems like that the consumer is still very much under pressure. Jacques Dutoy is property analyst at APSA Home Loans. David, that sweet spot, 1.1 million, uh, uh, not surprising. Yeah, I, I wonder how long it takes to actually sell. Uh, a house. You know, I, I run around the neighborhoods here and I always see the for sale signs and stay there for months. Stay there for months and that. I suppose that's in a, um, just a higher bracket, maybe double that or a little bit. But one and a half, I suppose 1.1, 1. 1, I don't know if you it's can get lower than that. It's now. not uncommon to, to mm-hmm. see houses on the market for eight, nine, ten months these mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. Possibly definitely, even longer. Definitely. And, uh, um, also, you're not seeing that many developments taking place around here where stands have gone, where they've been broken down. Um, you know, you're waiting for developers not really taking place. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. 17 minutes after 6 o'clock. Well, we heard from Peter Armitage from Anchor Capital last week. Midcaps ruling the JSE in 2013. Uh, three winners in the year to date. We spoke about Sipaku Holdings, Rolfs, as well as Supergroup. And the common theme in the underperformers so far this year is quite simply resources and retailers. We've spoken about that a fair amount on the program uh, as well. The JSE, though, is up almost uninterrupted for pretty much 12 months until we saw that sharp pullback from 41,000, uh, just under 41,000 three weeks ago, notwithstanding, obviously, today's small bounce, but uh, a definitive pullback there. Peter Armitage has a note out this morning called Nothing Goes Up Forever. Peter, a couple of themes driving your investment decisions. Obviously, a number of those linked to the, the macroeconomic uh, outlook in South Africa and growth likely to be very limited. We, we've spoken about this before, 2.5% with, with, I guess, some more risks on the downside than on the upside. Yeah, I think the South African economy is in, in quite a troubled place. Um, I think you need to take a step back, though. I mean, compared to a lot of countries around the world, we're in good shape. Our debt-to-GDP ratio is very manageable. But the difficulty is that there's very little growth coming through. And I think the biggest issue and disappointment with that is the, is the country is not really positioned to take advantage of the weaker rand. And that's because of, of our poor productivity. Um, you know, we can't produce stuff that the rest of the world wants to buy at the right price. So, uh, you know, South Africa can't benefit from the weak currency. And commodities are really a global story. You know, the, the, the world is recovering. Um, but at the same time, Chinese demand, we're not sure that um, the increase in Chinese demand, often a already very high base, is going to be enough to cover the kind of tepid growth in the rest of the world. And a lot of supply is coming on stream. And that's why you've seen commodity prices come under pressure and commodity shares follow. There's obviously a point at which they become good value again, and we're kind of watching that quite closely. Um, but the macro picture doesn't look very supportive at the moment. Peter, as you mentioned, the RAND, the weakening of the RAND has become somewhat of a wild card. Uh, we've seen a 16% weakening over the past 12 months, 9% of that uh, in the year to date, so just in, in three months and some change. 
Equities, though, our, our market has been shielded by, by RAND weakness, but notwithstanding that, that shielding, uh, it doesn't look good uh, from an investor standpoint if you're looking at just buying the all-share index. Uh, growth not likely to, to be in, in double digits or, or even high single digits. Yeah, so we're saying a flattish year for equities in the kind of 5 to 10% space. You know, to put that in context, it's still a lot more than you get for, for uh, putting your money in the bank. Um, but just buying the index, and I, you know, the South African index is a very funny one. We don't have that many companies, and you know, averaging, uh, you know, averaging a good and a bad doesn't necessarily give you the answer. Um, but we, you know, the index as a whole, we think there's a lot of expensive big cap companies which might not give um, such great performance. And the, res- you know, a big swing factor there is resources companies. If you know, if Anglo's goes back to 300 rand, you're going to get 15% out of this market. But we think you need to be in the right, uh, in the right spaces. As long as there's 2.5% GDP growth, there are companies that will be growing. So you've got to identify those from, the, from a bottom-up perspective and uh, pick the shares carefully. You know, for the last year, the call was really resources or not, retail or not. But other than that, you could have been in pretty much anything and got a great return. Uh, when the market's in a, in a flatter kind of mode, you, be, you need to be a lot more selective. And, uh, and 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 measure your risks appropriately. Just looking at uh, at current valuations, and, and we tend to look at these long term average price earnings graphs uh, for the JSE. Looking at, at where the JSE is trading right now, the all share at a PE multiple of around about uh, close to 16 times. It is slightly expensive, but as you say, this is all linked to resources. If resources rebound from from current levels, is the market uh, a little bit more attractive? Yeah, you've got to remember that the uh, the resource companies have all come through with shocking earnings declines, mm-hmm. um, and those. I mean, ironically, the weaker rand helps the earnings a hell of a lot, um, you know, because in rand terms, the earnings will be a lot higher, and we expect to see quite a bit of recovery over the course of the next uh, 12 months in the resource company earnings, certainly if measured in rand terms. So the forward PE on the market isn't uh, isn't too scary, but it's certainly not cheap. You know, I think the uh, I think the, the emerging market equities as a whole have done phenomenally well over the last 12 months, the last 14 months. Um, but that about three months ago, the emerging markets as a whole started underperforming developed markets by quite some margin. And as soon as there's economic jitters out there around the world, um, people tend to take refuge back to what they know, and what they know is their own developed markets. Um, so you know, it might seem a bit counterintuitive that the growth is in emerging markets, but when growth is under threat, uh, the Americans go back into the American market. Peter, just to close off with, would you be looking offshore still with the RAND at, at these levels? Yeah, look, the RAND's come back to nine. I think the RAND is in a gradual weakening trend. I don't think you make offshore investments with a, with a short-term hat on, and it still makes a lot of sense to diversify one's portfolio. And, you know, I can't tell you whether the RAND will be at 850 or 950 in a year's time. Um, but I can tell you in three to five years, the RAND's probably going to be 12 plus. Um, you know, so if you take that longer term view, it's much easier to make that decision. Um, but you, you've got to diversify. You've got to have, uh, that's rule one of investment. Because no, nobody, no matter how smart they are, can tell you where, with certainty where anything's going in the short term. 
Peter Armitage is with Anchor Capital. David, uh, 5 to 10% flattish year for equities. I think we'll be lucky if we get close to 10. Mm. Uh, look, Peter says correctly, if, if we get a, a turnaround in commodity markets, I'm not sure it's going to drive that. Mm. Um, if we do get a turnaround for, from a uh, sentiment point of view, that the global economy is kicking up, that America's producing plus 3% growth, this is a wish list, then, um, yeah, you know, you will get... A, a, a big move in uh, on the JSE, but Peter's right. I think you've got to be very selective where you are. Um, my view is to look for high dividend payers, uh, companies that are going to give you four to five percent secure dividend. You know, just just check your history. But um, I, I don't think you're going to extract the kind of juice that we did last year, 22%. You know, we'll be very lucky to get uh, anywhere near that kind of performance. It's, it's hard to see what's going to change, given where the world is right now and where it's been for the past three, six, nine months. What's going to change to make any of those things on your wish list a, a reality? I, 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 th- I think it's going to be hard. I think uh, um, we might get improved sentiment in the United States, which will improve... It, it won't necessarily improve earnings, but it might improve um, P.E. ratios. So you'll get a kick up in P.E. ratios. I think interest rates are going to continue to remain uh, pretty low. But we might find China coming in. You might find Japan starting to contribute, you know, all through the stimulus uh, programs. And uh, markets respond you know, very, very fast to good news. But don't plan on that. You know, mm. Just plan on buying quality companies that are still surviving in these kind of times, producing good, you know, selling into growth markets, uh, develop, uh, develop com- companies we know selling into um, growth markets, producing good returns, giving you a decent dividend yield. You can't find them. You know, one, can, one can put together a list for you, but um, you know, st- my view would be to stay with the dividend payers. 25 minutes after 6 o'clock, well, listed property has had a phenomenal run on the market in recent years, outperforming practically every other sector. Late last month, the JSE published its listing requirements for the long-awaited new Real Estate Investment Trust, or REIT, structure. It's taken six years, perhaps even a month longer than anticipated, but as of the 1st of May, REITs are now a reality. Estienne de Klerk is chairman of the SA REIT committee. Estienne, we've got property unit trusts and property loan stocks on the JSE listed at the moment. What changes? with REITs. Good evening. Yes, uh, this uh, REIT regime uh, provides a tax dispensation that basically places the property loan stocks and the property unit trusts on the same footing and uh, really uh, delivers clarity to the market as to how these entities uh, will be taxed in the future as well as their shareholders uh, going forward. So the wonderful thing for us is, is that it's a internationally accepted uh, tax uh, dispensation, if you'd like, and uh, certainly listening to your previous conversation, you know, listed property is generally those high dividend yield kind of uh, instruments and and many of our retired investors and pension funds invest into these stocks and it wasn't really feasible for the, the, the structure as is to continue with these differentials and with potential tax risk there. Estian, from an investor point of view, an average retail shareholder who might have units in, in a property unit trust or or uh, who might uh, have invested in a, a property loan stock. What changes from their point of view? There basically are the following things that change for them, and, and it's in effect they won't really see all that much changes uh, superficially, but 
the the first thing that uh, they get is certainty on um, on the the tax dispensation not only for the company but for them for themselves as well which is then standardized whether they are put or a PLS investor across both those structures the second thing is is they get an added level of regulation in that the JSE clearly now have additional rules which they've included into um, into the uh, the listings requirements which these companies have to then uh, adhere to and and just adds additional level of certainty for the investors that you know there's a conservative conservative sort of approach to to this savings vehicle if you'd like further if they trade in these units or shares uh, there won't be uh, any STC payable uh, STT payable security transfer tax payable, which makes the uh, trading cost uh, lower for the investor that trades in these uh, in these instruments. And I think further, you know, certainly from an international investor's point of view, uh, it's always been uncertain uh, as to the tax dispensation in the company, but, you know, they have to date been repatriating their proceeds uh, tax-free offshore as it relates to uh, property loan stocks. Now, one of the maybe more negative things is, is that they would then have to pay withholdings tax from the 1st of January 2014. So at least, you know, the, the withholding tax rate is kind of an international standard and all the applicable debt taxation agreements apply. So so those are some of the benefits, if you'd like, and also the one negative that, that would uh, come with with this change. Esther Duclerc is chairman of the South African REIT Committee, also executive director at Growth Point Properties. David, just before we close, uh, a question in from Domiso who asks, is there any value in studying long-term trends uh, except using technical analysis, so basically looking at the market or looking at a stock over the long term? Always. I'm not a great technical analyst, but I use the tools quite frequently. It gives you an idea of where the trend is. Um, and I, you know, I don't forage religiously, but it's very, it's very important to understand. It gives you an idea where people buy the shares, at what point they sell the shares. So uh, just use it as a tool you know, over and above other things that you develop. Well, just, before, uh, just because a share was at 100 rand doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's going to get back to 100 rand, no. arguably. Oh, no, no. Mm-hmm. Understand the fundamentals as well. But it does give you an idea to, uh, you know, to, to grasp. But go have a look at uh, platinum shares now, and you'll see what we talk about. You know, when we talk about a bear.